Well, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I had made a decision uh, just a few moments ago on my main event talk pod, on my main event talk Facebook page. I had just saw the entire hell in the cell. We have got to talk a lot about what has happened, including a couple of factors. Obviously, we got to talk about the ending of what happened at Hell in a Cell between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. We got to we got to cover that right here, right now, and also we must cover the issue with the WWE Network because once again, uh, there has been some issue involving um, what has happened every single time when people have tried to tune into Hell in a Cell because they've been having a lot of trouble. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special edition of the Main Event Talk podcast. I had said earlier that um, if you heard my latest podcast, that I was going to try and do a second episode if necessary. And apparently this was necessary. Believe it or not, the time right now is about 9.44 right now. And you figured that Hell in a Cell would have kept going. It would have kept going uh, at 10 o'clock. But I guess they must have stopped it somewhere around... I think it was like 9.20 or 9.15 when Hell in a Cell was over. And it was funny because um, the event started around, uh, I think the countdown show started around 5 o'clock. The event itself started at 6. And then everything ended right around 9.20 p.m. And it was just completely insane, completely crazy about how all this went down. So... And and I'm not going to suspense with the formalities right here. I, I'll I'll talk about that uh, about the fact that there are a lot of fans that are upset at how this ending went down between Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. My personal feelings on it is this was the right move, and I'm glad that it happened. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. Now, before we go ahead uh, and get into this issue, I I must also and I got to bring this up because, well. I'm going to I'm going to say it right here right now. I'm going I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But I know what happened. And I'm saying this to Aaron and I'm saying this to Jonathan Chappelle. Okay. 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 So Green Bay won. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I had mentioned earlier about what I thought about the Green Bay Packers. They're a great team. Great team. Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. He's no Brett Favre, like I said, but he'll have to do. But nonetheless, the Green Bay Packers won, and they beat the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I I can I can accept that. Okay, I can accept that. Okay, that's it. That's all I can say about that. But here is the deal. Here's the deal, boys. Enjoy the victory while you can. Enjoy the fact that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, they, I, I saw some of it. I was not happy with it, but I saw some of it. Okay. I may have to go to the hospital later because I'm going to have to ask them to insert the foot off of my mouth for saying this. But, like I said before, okay, they want it. I ain't going to bitch, but here's what I will mention. At the end of the day, boys, you can talk all you want to about the fact that the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers won against the Dallas Cowboys. But at the end of the day, remember this. We can go to the Super Bowl or you can go to the Super Bowl. But you guys haven't come close yet. 
So you give us a call and you let us know when you've entered. But in the meantime, congratulations, boys. You won it, you took it, you got it. And for the Dallas Cowboy fans, don't worry. We've got nothing to worry about. We're just going to relax. We're going to chill out. We're going to pretend it never happened, and we move on from this whole deal, okay? To Jonathan Chappelle, to Michelle, to Aaron, to everyone who's a Green Bay Packers fan, you got it, okay? You got it. That's it, okay? That's all you have to know. (laughs) Okay, let's talk... um, Let's talk about what happened uh, at Hell in the Cell. Let's also talk. Let's talk, first talk about the issues involving the WWE Network. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and tag them on this uh, on this episode because they're going to have to hear it from me, and they'll probably hear it from a lot of other people as well. Uh, there have been several people that have had issues with the WWE Network in the past several months, uh, and and probably the past several weeks, if the, if I've been hearing correctly, uh, because there's been some issues. Um, I was uh, watching the kickoff show in my room, and I could only see it on YouTube here. I couldn't get the WWE Network through my TV. I don't have. Uh, I have the. I don't have one of those smart TV apps that can get to the WWE Network just like that, and it would be easy for me to watch it. But I watched it through my phone, right? So I was watching it through my phone, and it was okay. I mean, everything looked good. Everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I was watching the matchup between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, because that was the beginning of the matchup, all of a sudden, I had this um, uh, something appear on the screen that said, um, uh, Network Era. Uh, we apologize for uh, any conveniences and everything. And it was a back-and-forth battle. I, I, I kept... I kept trying to watch the match between Sasha Banks and and Becky Lynch, but I couldn't watch the match because it was like you could watch it for, say, about maybe five minutes, right? Maybe ten minutes. And then all of a sudden, the error would come on every single time. You would press that button that says OK, and then you would play it again. And it would just keep going. And then I've noticed the... There was, a, I, I think, a clock or not a clock or, or some sort of... Um, thing where the clock wasn't really moving even though you could see the pay-per-view the clock wasn't moving you figured okay why are why is the numbers still remain even though it's live the numbers you figured the numbers would be moving but it's not so i was having so much so many problems trying to watch this pay-per-view that it, it you know i i just kept watching it i mean Every time I would watch one match, I would have to go to the error button and press it and then watch it and press again and watch it. And every day, if I was probably watching this on TV, I probably wouldn't be having those kind of problems. But throughout, uh, I, I was noticing through Facebook and I was noticing through Twitter, everyone else was having the same issue. Everyone was having uh, the same problems where the WWE Network um, uh, would have some, you know, they try to fix the problem, they have not, and no doubt. Uh, everyone's probably having problems with this now, but they've got a lot more problems right now than just the WWE Network. So, uh, I saw Hell in a Cell. Uh, it was very, very surprising of the matches that took place that we didn't know were going to take place. We know about The Fiend going up against Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. We also know about Becky Lynch going after... Uh, Sasha, I'm sorry, Sasha Banks going after Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. We also know about the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship as Bayley defended her championship against Charlotte. Those were the matches that uh, that appeared that you know showed up um, 
in the past few hours. They started adding a few more matches, including matches like uh, Chad Gable taking on uh, King Corbin. They also added the um, the women's tag team championship matchup as Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss took on the Kabuki Warriors. That happened as well. They also added the kickoff show, which did not include a cruiserweight match, which you know I kind of find that a little bit funny. It was Natalia going one-on-one against Lacey Evans. I saw part of the kickoff show. I didn't see all of it, but I know how the ending went down and everything. So, uh, like I said, I'm not going to suspense with the formalities. Uh, I'm just going to focus on uh, the points that I saw, uh, not just what happened in the WWE Network. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and, and just pretty much, uh, you know, you know, tell you the results about what happened. Uh, the first matchup that happened was Sasha Banks against uh, Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. It was great. It was an awesome matchup, and it was just so physical. And you knew right away the man was going to take down the boss. And sure enough, I mean, I had made this prediction a while back that if they put together a Hell in a Cell match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, it's going to end up with Becky Lynch winning over Sasha Banks, just like that. <coughs> A lot of other people were saying that there's a possibility that Becky could lose the title to Sasha because they could possibly be interesting, interested in having Becky Lynch show up on SmackDown Live uh, because of the draft coming up in the following week. Uh, the matchup ended up with Becky Lynch winning. She won the match, and she won against um, uh, Sasha Banks. Becky Lynch retained her Raw Women's Championship. It was a great match. I digged it. Uh, you know, everything was... Uh, was uh, expected and more, you know. So there were a couple other matches. The next matchup was uh, this was something I didn't think would happen in the second matchup. This was a big surprise to me. It was uh, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan teaming up to take on Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. And this was a this was a very damn good match. And it was a Texas Tornado rule rules. So that means that uh, everyone is legal in the matchup. And it was just so my. God, it was vicious. It was brutal. Uh, you know, you pretty much had a big dog fight in your hands and everything, and um, a, a lot of shit that went down. And, uh, and and once again, not to suspense with the formalities, Daniel Bryan and uh, Roman Reigns won the match against Eric Rowan and uh, Luke Harper. And there were several things that happened uh, during the matchup. Uh, Roman Reigns got hurt uh, pretty badly on his leg and everything. And then uh, at the end of the matchup, Daniel Bryan, um, if you noticed, uh, if anyone saw the pay-per-view, Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, there was a big of a, a hug fest between Roman Reigns and... Uh, and uh, Daniel Bryan between the two, and that was okay. But what happened at the end, if you notice, Daniel Bryan was quickly trying to get up and head straight over to the back because if you notice, he was touching his neck. He was touching his neck a whole lot, and it was uh, uh, it was really tough, but it looked like Daniel Bryan was uh, having a little bit of uh, problems with his neck. And uh, during the matchup, I, I did see Daniel uh, kind of... He kept... I know, you know, he's had a lot of neck injuries and a lot of concussions in the past, and we knew one day it was going to come up to bite him in the ass if he would ever come back to the ring. And Daniel Bryan seemed, um, he seemed okay, but he was still kind of hurting. So uh, I'm not, I haven't gotten an official word. I haven't heard anything about the condition of Daniel Bryan. But if I find out anything, I will let you know about the condition of Daniel Bryan on my Main Event Talk podcast and also on my Main Event Talk Facebook page to let everybody know about what's going on with Daniel Bryan. Nonetheless, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns won their match against Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Great matchup. 
Um, the next matchup, which was a, a pretty damn good matchup, and I'd love to see this match again when the timing is right. I'm talking about Randy Orton versus Ali, and this was one of these surprise matches that nobody was expecting. And it was good because, you know, Hell in the Cell was based on just the, the few of the matches that we talked about, but then all of a sudden Ali comes in uh, in this matchup against Randy Orton, and, and it was a good, great match. It was a great match overall on top. And I thought for sure that uh, Ali was going to be able to beat Randy Orton, but there is a reason why Randy Orton is the best of what he does and there's a reason why he has three of the most destructive letters in the history of the wwe the rko and did you see how that shit went down man fucking um ali uh went back in the ring kind of did a roll up and he was trying to uh i guess um hit him hit him with some move but apparently randy orton so many innovative ways to hit the uh, RKO on somebody, and whether you're doing it up in the air or trying to roll up into the ring. Nonetheless, Randy Orton proves once again why he is the apex predator. Congratulations go out to um, Randy Orton for defeating Ali over at Hell in the Cell. It was a very surprising matchup. It was a matchup that nobody really was talking about, but it happened and it happened. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that was good. Having a little bit of Coke right now. I had, a, I had a sweet tea earlier, now I'm having a Coke. But anyways, let's get to the next matchup. Uh, the, we mentioned on my Main Event Talk Facebook page that the uh, women's tag team titles were going to be on the line at Hell in a Cell, and it did take place. And here, here was the matchup. It was going to be Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss defending the tag team titles against the Kabuki Warriors. And I was like, oh, wow. I mean, and this was like, um, you know, I talked about it, about this earlier where I mentioned it would be great if Asuka were to come back to NXT with the whole Wednesday Night Wars happening. I would love to see Asuka come back, you know, just to face off against Shayna Baszler for the, for the NXT Women's Championship. But I don't think that's going to happen now, and, I, and I'll, I'll mention what it is in just a moment. The matchup with um, the tag team titles being on the line, it was a great matchup. It was um, good overall, and this was something that I know, I know a lot of the fans have been wanting to see, and that's Kabuki Warriors going after the tag team titles. Uh, you know, against the champions uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, it was a great matchup. You know, from head to toe, overall, um, you know, everyone. I couldn't. I. It was tough for me to figure out if if the Kabuki Warriors are heels or if they're face. You know, baby faces. I think they were heels. I, I think even though the fans were behind them, I think they were heels because they were doing a lot of heelish things uh, during the matchup, like. Um, this one thing, this, this one move that I saw, uh, I think it was Kyrie saying, coming in, you know how she always does that pirate walk to the, to the corner and everything? Well, she walks over, uh, right over to the corner, right where Nikki Cross is, and then all of a sudden just pokes her right in the eye and, you know, pushes her off the ring. I was like, oh my God, that was pretty heelish right there. And then uh, <coughs> also another heelish move that the Kabuki Warriors did was when um, Kyrie Sane went ahead and uh, wanted to shake hands like a, a show of sportsmanship. And I thought, really? You show a sportsmanship to them? And I was like, okay, well, Nikki Cross uh, pretty much accepted the handshake. And then, well, she paid for it. And I was like, oh, crap. You know, and that was, that was a pretty heelish move, you know. And I, I kind of dig that and everything. And this was kind of something that was um, missing with the Kabuki Warriors. And that's what they needed to be, a little bit of a... You know, add themselves to a heel. But like I said before, I don't know if they're a heel team or if they're a face team. But we'll see and we'll find out. But anyways, the matchup was great. Uh, the tag team titles were on the line. 
uh, everything went as planned. And then the ending of the matchup was very, it was very good. It also had, a, you know, there's a reason why they're called the Kabuki Warriors now. Because years ago, there was this one person named uh, the Great Kabuki who did one similar move that would mess up an opponent. Uh, the same happens with uh, one of the all-time greatest Japanese wrestlers of all time in the Great Muda did a similar similar tactic. And what I'm talking about is at the end of the matchup, uh, I think uh, Nikki Cross was left one-on-one against Asuka while uh, Kairi Singh was um, on the outside with Alexa Bliss. All of a sudden, uh, I guess when the referee was tur- uh, referee's back was turned, and then all of a sudden Nikki Cross uh, goes face to face with Oscar, and then Oscar all of a sudden pulls off a green miss in the face of Nikki Cross, and I was like, "Whoa, where the fuck did that come from?" And that was like a straight out of the page of the, like I said, like the the Great Kabuki or uh, the Great Muda, you know, the pulling off something like that. And then after that, the pinfall happened. One, two, three, and for the first time, the Kabuki Warriors are now the new women's tag team champions. And I am really, really happy that they are champions because uh, the Kabuki Warriors have been overlooked for quite a while now and I know the fans have been extremely upset that you know why aren't they champions why aren't they you know given the opportunities that they deserve and everything and I'm glad they got this opportunity and now they're the tag team champions and they defeated Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and no doubt there'll probably be a rematch somewhere down the road or maybe this coming Monday night so we'll see what happens but nonetheless congratulations go out to the Kabuki Warriors of Asuka and Kairi Singh for winning for becoming the third team to become women's tag team champions. The first one was Sasha Banks and Bailey. The second was ooh, wait a minute. I okay, let me let me correct that. Not the third team, the fourth team, I'm sorry. The first team was uh Sasha Banks and Bailey, the Boston Hug Connection. The second team was the Iconics. The third team was of course um Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and now the fourth team is the Kabuki Warriors in Asuka and Kairi Singh. So congratulations go out to them for winning the titles. Now, uh, let's see what the next matchup took place, if I can try and remember. Um, man, uh, there was uh, one, two women's matches, right, that, t- that took place? Uh, ooh. Man, I was trying to remember another matchup that took place. Um, oh, there was another match. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I know. The next matchup that took place was a six-man tag team matchup. Another another surprise matchup that took place at Hell in the Cell. It was the OC. The OC of AJ Styles and um, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson against the team of the Viking Raiders and a, uh, well, there was a mystery partner and I thought for sure it was going to be like uh, Cedric Alexander. That's what I thought it was. But we didn't know who the third person was until he came out and it was none other than the monster among men, Braun Strowman. And my God, the the uh, Viking Raiders and Braun Strowman as a team. Oh, fuck. These guys could tear the entire fucking ring off if they wanted to. Uh, It was an outstanding matchup. It was great in every way possible from head to toe. Uh, Viking Raiders did extremely well. Uh, Carl Anderson and uh, Luke Gallows did extremely well as a team. I'm digging how this is all turning out. And then at the end, uh, I think it it ended in a no DQ. 
I'm sorry, it ended in a DQ, I believe, because of the interference of Luke Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson, leaving the winners to be uh, the Viking Raiders and uh, Braun Strowman. Great match. Um, and then there was there was this one little incident, or this one little thing that happened <coughs> during the matchup. AJ Styles was trying to do a number on the monster among men, Braun Strowman, and uh, the monster pretty much got back up. AJ Styles uh, pretty much got out of the way. AJ Styles was trying to jump for his uh, his usual phenomenal forearm against Braun Strowman, and then all of a sudden, Braun Strowman did a knockout punch on AJ Styles and left him flat in the ring. And we all know the reason behind that. And everybody knows about what happened on SmackDown with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. Supposedly, this coming Monday night on Monday Night Raw, there's supposed to be a, I don't know, a face-to-face confrontation between Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw. That should be interesting. I like to see how that shit goes down and everything. I mean, that's going to be very, very interesting to watch. But man, but did you see what happened with AJ Styles after that? I mean, oh my god, AJ Styles was so knocked out. The the um, the Good Brothers were trying to come in and you know revive him, trying to get him up and everything. And and all of a sudden, whoa, what the hell? Huh, something happened. Anyways, all of a sudden, um, AJ Styles, I mean, they were trying to revive AJ Styles. Like, you know, hey, come on, dude. He was trying to get up, right? And, and AJ had no fucking clue about what the fuck happened to him, right? And AJ Styles was like, oh, what happened? What happened? And and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were trying to tell him, hey, you know, you got, you know, they were showing his fist, uh, you know, he got knocked out. And AJ was like, oh, what, what, what day is it? What day is it? And it was like, what the fuck? It's Sunday. He had no clue it was Sunday. He was knocked out that fucking bad. And AJ, you know, AJ was like, you know, you know how when you tell a person, you know, a person's trying to tell you, hey, he's fine. He, no, leave me alone, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden, they try to walk and then they hit the fucking ground. Well, that's what happened with AJ Styles. AJ Styles was just like, no, nah, nah, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Everything. Let me let, let go. Everything's fine. And then he tried to take a few steps and all of a sudden he, <laughs> he tried to fall that was just what the fuck I mean, AJ Styles had no clue he was so fucking knocked out had no idea he was trying to get out of the ring he couldn't they tried to carry him out the, it took three people to carry AJ Styles over to the ramp it took Luke Gallows it took Carl Anderson and took a referee to walk him down the aisle and when he went to the end when he went over to the uh, the stage AJ Styles was trying to, you know, I'm not fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then he tries to go ahead, hold hold up the championship, and then all of a sudden he, he started falling off. <laughs> oh my god, I mean, AJ Styles. I mean, hey, I, I love I still love AJ Styles. He's he's my boy. He's my man, if you will, the phenomenal AJ Styles. And oh god, that was just <laughs> that was just funny to watch. I'm sorry. That was just beautiful. Oh, oh man, but let's yeah, let's get on to the next matchup here. Um let's see. We had a six man tag team matchup. Um we also had oh we also had this um uh, the matchup uh, that took place in the kickoff show was between Lacey Evans and uh, Natalia and I think Natalia went ahead and won her match against Lacey Evans and then when she won she went ahead and gave Lacey Evans the women's right which was 
like wow i mean that was kind of a little bit of a payback right there and then it was announced that on monday night raw this coming monday night there's going to be a last woman's standing match on monday night raw featuring lacey evans and natalia now there has been uh we've had several last man standing matches but we've never had a last woman standing match on monday night raw we've had one before and i think it was on the uh the Evolution pay-per-view from last year, I think. Uh, I think I've, if I remember that quite well. Now, it's going to be between Natalia and it's going to be between um, Lacey Evans. And that's going to take place this Monday night on Monday Night Raw. That should be tremendous to check out. <coughs> okay. Uh, what was the next matchup? I believe the next matchup was... Um, I think it was King Corbin. Yeah, I think that was a matchup. King Corbin taking on Chad Gable. Uh, that was another matchup that people were talking about. And, uh, of course, uh, Chad Gable getting... Well, actually, Baron Corbin, I'm sorry. Coming in with all those ridiculous short jokes. And, and I'm, I'm just like, okay, dude, come on. I mean, yeah, we... Okay, we, we understand he's short, okay? But that dude can literally kick your ass. So just quit with the fucking jokes and do what you can. And at the end, um, it almost seemed like... Um, Baron Corbin was about to win his matchup, and then he he went ahead and got the got the scepter. He was trying to knock out fucking you know. When when is Baron Corbin gonna realize you cannot just go ahead and take a fucking weapon into the ring just because you're upset? You've got to take this kid down. You you took him down before. Why couldn't you take him now? Then you know. And then all of a sudden, one mistake led to another. Chad Gable comes in for the roll-up, one, two, three. Chad Gable wins his match over the King Baron Corbin. Now, also, and there was something that I heard the announcers say. Now, what, okay, and Michael Cole was the one that picked up on this. Um, I, when I was having difficulty with my WWE Network, I did see some of the matchups. Now, at the end of the match, the ring announcer went ahead, and I know a lot of people are going to pick up on this as well. The ring announcer announced... Not Chad Gable, but Shorty Gable. And I'm like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? And, and I, Michael Cole even heard that. And, you know, he should be fired for saying that shit. And I'm like, God damn. I mean, somebody's going to pick up on that. And no doubt it's going to probably be showing up everywhere in the WWE Network and everywhere uh, around social media. But we'll see what happens. I mean, if, if, if it's... Um, if Shorty Gable is going to be like the new name for him and he accepts it, okay, that's cool. But if it's just a name that he doesn't like, well, okay, he don't like it. But nonetheless, I mean, come on. I mean, pick up the pace here, WWE. You're, fu you're fucking this up already. It's bad enough the network's fucking up right now. Now you get your announcers fucking up the whole thing. <coughs> the next matchup that took place was for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Becky, uh, not Becky Lynch, uh, Bailey defending her championship against Charlotte Flair. One uh, great matchup between the two. And uh, there were some people that were speculating that Bailey was going to try and win her match against um, Charlotte Flair in the match. And, you know, they all were hoping that uh, Bailey was going to try and move out of the way. And they were, she was hoping to cheat her way in the matchup and everything. But that didn't happen. So 
the matchup with Charlotte Flair and ba- uh, Bailey. Um, it came out good. It wasn't like Clash of Champions where the match ended up in like four minutes and then Bailey just goes ahead, knocks out Charlotte, and then goes ahead and takes the title and runs off like a little bitch, like she did last time. This time, they went off against each other. Um, Bailey was having some trouble with her knee, apparently. I-, I saw some of the matchup. I didn't see it all. But at the end, well... Guys, I, I know there's some people that are upset about it. I'm not really too upset about this match, but I'm glad that it ended the way it did. Some people say Baylor was going to walk away champion. Others were kind of hoping that Charlotte would not walk out champion. But it happened, and, well, Charlotte Flair wins the SmackDown Women's Championship for the 10th time against Bailey, And then, all of a sudden, Bailey comes out well, crying because um, at the end, I mean, you, you saw her get upset, you saw her get mad and she literally ended up crying at the end of um, of the Hell in the Cell and, you know, it was almost like her 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 heel character finally showed up to her or, or Bailey started to realize now that she can't be this goody two shoes that she's been she's been portraying for the past couple of years now. She really needs to change, but she has been sort of changing already within the what the past couple of weeks, past couple of months now since she, you know, pretty much did what she did uh, to Becky Lynch at on Monday Night Raw, you know. But you know, it ended up the way it did, and Charlotte Flair once again is the. For the 10th time, women's champion, SmackDown women's champion. So congratulations go out to Charlotte Flair for winning the championship for the 10th time. And, uh, you know, we all we all can agree that Charlotte Flair is definitely one of the greatest women's champions of all time. Uh, she, she calls herself the, the greatest women in all eras. And and we can we can all definitely agree upon that. I mean, I can you know, I. I really like uh, Charlotte. Uh, I never really want her to be champion again, but in the process, I think we need to have the man stay on Raw and then for Charlotte to run SmackDown. But we're, we're going to see how this draft turns out next week on Friday Night SmackDown because the draft is supposed to happen not this Monday, but this coming Friday over in Las Vegas, Nevada. The draft is going to, supposed to start, and who knows? I mean, we could see, we could see Charlotte go to go to Raw, or we could see Becky go to SmackDown, and vice versa. Something's going to happen this coming Friday on the draft, and um, I don't know. It's going to be uh, uh, great to check out and everything. So, <sighs> okay, guys. We've talked about all the matches, and now let's get to the final matchup that happened. It was the Hell in a Cell match between Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. Uh, well, Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, and the Universal Champion, Seth Rollins. Now, this was a very unique match, and it, it was unique to say, to say the least. Not because of it, it being Hell in a Cell. Not because it's for the Universal Championship. Not because of the entrances and everything else like that. But there was one factor. When the matchup took place between The Fiend and Seth Rollins, you know how you see Hell in a Cell and you see the lights on and you see the guys go at it in the, in the middle of the Hell in a Cell? Well, in this match, these two were going at it one-on-one 
but the lights were all red all red and i was like ooh this is this is fucking creepy here this is just straight up damn you know what i mean <coughs> now i mentioned that if the end happens between Seth Rollins and if the end happens between Seth Rollins and the Fiend, it should end in a no contest, or it should end with a little bit of controversy with the Undertaker coming out and everything else like that. I had mentioned that on the last podcast. So this matchup was just a it was such a and and I'm gonna call it like I see it. It was a scary fucking match. Not because of how it all went down. The Fiend came out looking strong. The Fiend came out looking like he was going to kill you. The Fiend was for... I mean, just by those... the Just by those kendo shots that Seth Rollins put on The Fiend. I was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, this dude got hit with everything. They got hit with everything. Now, I, I realize now, when I was watching some of... Uh, I, I think everybody has been... Everyone's been seeing the... Hold on a second. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I apologize. I think... Well, I think everything's okay. But anyway, so let, let, let me... Let, I'm sorry. Let me get back to what I was talking about. Um, the Fiend was strong in this match. I mean, he was... It, it, this was basically like a horror movie when you're looking at it. You're looking at this as like a straight-off of a Freddy Krueger movie or, or a Michael Myers movie or anything like that. I, I it, The last time I remember seeing something like this, it was... Um, who was... Oh, it was Kane. Back in 1997. It wasn't Hell in a Cell, but... It was, I think it was either Survivor Series or I think it's In Your House, Degeneration X or something like that. There was, um, it was Vader versus Kane. And Kane looked like he was going to kill Vader in a huge way. Even with, um, there was a huge hammer that, that uh, I think Vader had in his hand. And he was going to try and knock Kane the fuck out with it. But that didn't happen, right? And Kane literally ended up killing Vader in the match back in 1997. The Fiend in this, you kept... I mean, Seth Rollins had tried to hit him with everything. He tried to hit him with every... every like the old expression goes, he hit him with everything but the kitchen sink, right? Just like that. And The Fiend still kept going. Even when he got up in a one count. He got up in a one count, you know? It was just, my God. I mean, Seth Rollins is trying everything in his power to kill The Fiend. And then the fans, and I, I was already, like, the fans were upset. They were upset because, you know, you know what the fans want? The fans want to see The Fiend become Universal Champion. Now, here's the thing. I said that if, if he becomes Universal Champion, his character will be killed. It, 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 and there's no way to get back from it because, I mean, I mean uh, let, let, let's let's call it like we see it, guys. I know that there's some people that are upset that, you know, about what happened and everything. Well, let me let me get to the end better yet. So we're seeing Seth Rollins killing 
the fiend with everything. He's hitting him with chair shots. He hit him with every single curb stomp you can possibly think of. Um, hit him with the chair. Hit him with the ladder. Hit him with everything and blah, blah, blah. And then there was this one moment where he was going to kill him with the with a sledgehammer. And the referee tried to stop him. Now, let, let and let and let's let's um let's analyze this quickly because I know what happened. Okay, so Seth Rollins, there, there, here's here's the fiend laid down. There's chairs, there's ladders, there's a toolbox, there's everything, and Seth was gonna hit him in the head with a sledgehammer, right? And this is a no disqualification match. Now, let, let me let me also explain something here to everyone. Because I know some people are probably... I know they're all upset about what happened. The ending wasn't exactly what they wanted. But this was what needed to happen. Okay? Because... If... if uh, I don't know. I was hoping for Braun Strowman to come out. I was hoping for that. But that didn't happen. I was kind of hoping for The Undertaker to show up. That didn't happen either. And all the fans wanted was to see see the fiend become universal champion. They wanted that to happen. And I looked at it as no. You you cannot let that happen. You cannot. Now, the ending comes up. Seth Rollins comes in with a fucking sledgehammer. The referee stops him, tries to stop him. And here's the thing, guys. And we all know how wrestling goes. We all know how wrestling goes and everything else like that. But I, I, I guess in, in, in the referee's discretion, he wanted to kill him with a sledgehammer. Now, if this was, if this was real life, and let me call it like I see it, guys. If this was real life and he actually smashed a sledgehammer on a man's skull on national television blood splattered all over the place the referee would have no choice but to disqualify it don't matter it don't matter if if it was no disqualification a man's life was at stake here okay and that's how they were trying to portray it that's what they were doing when the referee went ahead at his discretion the, it was the referee's call he made the call to stop the match he made the call to stop the match. The people got pissed off. They got mad. They got upset. But at the same time, I'm looking at this like, yes, that's what needed to happen. Because people are upset that, oh, the Fiend should have been champion. No, you. the thing is, you need to leave the character. Let him be who he is. Don't make him champion yet. Or maybe don't let him be champion at all. It would be bad for his character. It would be bad for his image. And more importantly, more importantly, you make him become champion, he's going to be a one-hit wonder. I'm sorry. He's going to be... No one sees that yet. But he's going to be a one-hit wonder. I don't want to see Bray Wyatt's character go down and have him become champion just like that and then all of a sudden becomes another version of Brock Lesnar. Think about it, guys. You think the Fiend... This was the Fiend's second match. The Fiend has only had two matches. One match against Finn Balor. Another match with Seth Rollins. Those are the only two matches. Now, as far as I'm concerned, he's undefeated. He's undefeated. (coughs) Now, let me continue on. The match ends. Referees and officials and everyone starts coming out trying to get the Fiend. 
But then all of a sudden, after being hit with chair shots, after being hit with a sledgehammer, hit with every single thing in his arsenal, The Fiend got up and went after Seth Rollins and put the mandible claw on the Universal Champion. Now, there are fans that are pissed off. There are fans that are pissed off right now over in Sacramento. There are fans that are probably pissed off on Twitter and on Facebook. Now, a majority of the fans that are pissed off that, that Seth Rollins is still the Universal Champion and Fiend, then The Fiend is not, let me tell you something. You fans are stupid enough to believe that The Fiend is going to be champion just like that. You really believe that. In my view, I didn't see it that way. What I saw was what exactly what needed to happen. The Fiend had to somehow make this a no contest and somehow not become Universal Champion. And that's the idea, guys. Not. The Fiend needs to continue to terrorize the WWE. And he's still doing it. He's still doing it. And this is exactly... If the fans get pissed off about it, tough. But here's the thing. To all the fans that are pissed off, that are upset at how this ending goes, let me tell you something. Everyone's saying, oh, well, the fans are going to switch right over to AEW. No. You're not going to do that. And even if you could, you're still going to watch Monday Night Raw. You're still going to watch SmackDown. You can go ahead and make a complaint of everything that you saw. But at the end of the day... You're still going to watch Monday Night Raw. You're still going to see what the fuck's going on. Because The Fiend right now, he's hot. He's really, really hot. And the fans are getting over with him. And the thing is, the thing that's happening right now is what happened tonight. It may be bullshit, but it was the right move. It was the right move. There are other people who can probably say, How is it the right move, Furman? How is it? Because the Fiend should have been champion. No, because if he was champion right now, I guarantee you his character would have been killed easily. No one's figured that out yet. The Fiend needs to stay away from being champion. I mean, it's one thing, it's one thing if he was going after the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship. Those are two different title belts, I, which I wouldn't mind seeing The Fiend win one of those titles. But if it's the Universal title or the WWE Championship, there's got to be a calculated risk. You don't want to take a chance with having someone like that person to be champion. It's up to the WWE management to, you know, if they're going to go with it or say, fuck it, let him be champion. There's always a plan for everything. And there's always reasons behind what goes on. So this is not... Like I said, this is not my call. I've, I I called it like I see it. And I knew this was going to... Ha- I didn't think it was going to go down like this. But it was good that it happened the way it did. The Fiend cannot be champion. At least not yet anyway. They need to let his character continue to be who he is. While fans get upset about it, get upset, get mad, get pissed. Start yelling at people all over on Facebook and on on Twitter and Instagram. At the end of the day, you're going to see why The Fiend should not be the champion. And Seth Rollins, I'm glad he's still the Universal Champion. But this whole thing involving The Fiend and Seth Rollins is not over. It's not. As far as I'm concerned... There's another chapter. There's another story. Something's going to happen between these two. And if the WWE chooses, if they choose 
to let Seth Rollins lose the title to The Fiend, it'll be up to them. I don't think tonight was the night. No, I don't feel it. So to all the people that are bitching, whining, moaning, complaining about it, go ahead and bitch and whine and moan and complain. Because at the end of the day, you'll know why it happened. You'll know why it happened. And I, and I promise you this. I promise you this right now. You can look at other news reports and other things, and they will probably tell you the same thing. It was good that The Fiend didn't become champion. I see it coming already. Now, I know everyone's going to have a, a, a problem with it. I've already posted something on the Main Event Talk Facebook page letting everybody know I want to know everyone's thought about how the ending of the matchup went. Do you like it? Do you like how the ending went, or do you think it should have been different? As far as I'm concerned, the ending went exactly how it, it was planned. And as far as I'm concerned, hey, The Fiend, he may have lost. Well, yeah, he may have lost. No, no, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. No, um, let me correct that. He didn't lose. He didn't lose at all. If anything, he kind of won. Because what he did was, he pretty much got Seth Rollins right where he wanted him. That's what he did. And this whole thing with Seth Rollins and The Fiend, it's only just beginning. And you have to understand another thing about this whole thing with Bray Wyatt. What else do we know? Think about it. What else do we know? We know about the Firefly Funhouse. We know about the little characters. We know about the puppets. We know about the show. But what happens if, say, Seth Rollins were to appear going face-to-face with the actual Bray Wyatt as opposed to The Fiend? Hmm. That would be interesting, too. That would be very, very interesting. And here's the thing, guys. Like I said before, this was the better ending. I like it. Everyone can get pissed off about it. Everyone can. But at the end of the day, you'll know why. You'll understand why it happened. And then, and only then, if the WWE chooses to go ahead and make Bray Wyatt, or make The Fiend, I'm sorry, the Universal Champion, it'll be their call. It will be their call. Not anybody else's. Because... To me, I you know, I like it. I like how this ending went. I just don't want to see this character, <clears throat> this character that they've made, go to shit. Everyone's saying that, oh, well, it's already going to shit because he's not Universal Champion. No, if he was champion, his, his title reign would be short and it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't look good at all. I'd rather see him win the championship a couple of months down the road. This wasn't the right time because he's only had two matches. One was with Finn Balor and the other was with Seth Rollins. He's been terrorizing everybody in the WWE. And we're in October. We're getting close to Halloween. And to me, having The Fiend around, making Halloween special would be the best thing going. I think The Fiend, hey, I like The Fiend character. I like how it goes. The ending was as perfect as you could possibly imagine. Everybody else can bitch about it. Fine. You bitch. (sighs) But nonetheless, guys, um, the ending of Hell in the Cell, yeah, I mean, yeah, it ended the way it did. 
I like it. I know a lot of people bitched about it, and that's fine. You know, bitch about it. Do what you can. Because everybody bitches these days about how, oh, this happened, that happened. You know, here's the thing, guys. You can bitch. You can whine. You can moan. You can complain. But at the end of the fucking day, you're going to watch Raw. So don't sit there and, you know, go through your fucking Twitters and go through your fucking Facebooks and start bitching about, oh, well, we didn't get it our way. We didn't get it. Here's the thing, guys. You can have it your way, but you have to also understand why WWE did it their way. Others can say that, oh, well, WWE fucked up there, and, and then you'll realize, wait a minute. Oh, I see why WWE did that. Open your eyes a little bit, guys, and understand why. Understand why, please. Because, like I said, you, you can bitch all you want to, but you're still going to watch WWE. You're still going to watch wrestling. We've all complained the same thing about WCW. We still watched it. Even when the show was fucking bad, we still watched it, you know? That's how it goes. But nonetheless, Hell in the Cell uh, overall was a great... Uh, every match was pretty good. I, I'm not, uh, I know some people probably have their opinions about it. About how, oh, well, this match sucks that much. Blah, blah, blah. You know, no, well, shit. If you're looking for wins and losses, well, then you're stupid than I thought. I was looking for wins and losses too, but I was also looking for great quality matches I, I wanted to see how uh, how the story went down and everything and this was Hell in a Cell Hell in a Cell this year was um, was, a, was not as predictable as you think because they only had like four matches and then they started adding more matches on that day you know so it, it, it kind of either it either killed it or it made it a little better you know I don't know but we'll see how it goes but anyways I'm going to try and get a chance to watch Hell in a Cell one more time just to get everyone an idea of um, how it went down. As far as I'm concerned, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I think uh, Hell in a Cell was a great matchup, uh, a great pay-per-view, I'm sorry. And I wouldn't mind checking it out again. And also, and, oh, and I forgot to mention this part. I was watching the watch-along also. Right when I was watching the uh the network when i was watching the wwe network through my phone i was watching watch along on youtube on uh, on my television set right and uh you know you had everyone was there everyone from uh kayla braxton to uh uh let's see i think chad gable was there uh, xavier Woods was there tamina was oh by the way congratulations go out to tamina for becoming the 24 7 champion and oh my god i'm so glad she's champion i that that woman needed to be champion for a long time and not to mention tamina snuka i ain't gonna lie i think tamina's fucking hot you know she was hot back she was hot a long time ago she's still hot now and mm, i i well i i would not i wouldn't i would take her but i would probably take charlie caruso i i I, man charlie she's fucking hot she's mm. Oh, and uh, Selena, uh, Z- who was it? Vega, right? Zelina Vega was there. Oh, man. She was mm, smoking fucking hot. <laughs> oh, guys. But nonetheless, Hell in a Cell was a tremendous event. Others will say it sucked because of what happened. And there are a few people that will say that was a pretty decent thing. And it, I mean, it was probably, it, it wasn't an A+. Plus. It was somewhere probably between a B and a C. Probably somewhere around there. I think that's how people were going to rate it. But Hell in a Cell was good. It was, it was an okay event. It wasn't like the best event in the world. And, you know, and the funny part about the ending of Premier Week is that 
we we started premiere week with Monday Night Raw, which started off pretty good, and then we started the Monday Night the Wednesday Night Wars involving AEW and NXT, which was pretty decent. And then AEW won; they won, and it was a great war. And then Friday Night SmackDown that came out, and man, Friday was. Mm. And like I said, uh, probably in the next episode of the Main Event Talk, I want to talk about the Friday Night Smackdown and, and give you my take on the whole thing and everything. And then Hell in a Cell comes along at the end of, of the premiere week, and it just... Good event, but I know there's some people that are probably going to say, oh, this was a fucking shit, dude. It sucked. Because The Fiend wasn't champion. I mean, I, that, that's all people are going to complain about. The Fiend wasn't champion. He should have been champion. No, he should have not been champion at all. It should have not happened. I, I, you know, if this was, if this was, <coughs> if the Fiend had more than one match, and if this was, say, the Raw Rumble, and if the Fiend were to win the Universal Title there, then I would agree upon that. I, I, I would like that better than to having to have him become champion now. Only having two matches, no, four, maybe five matches, and then he'll get a, then he'll get a shot at the Universal Championship. That's fine. That I can dig that, but two matches, uh, uh-uh. I that it just doesn't work. I mean, and trust me, pe- like I said, people are gonna bitch about it. Let them bitch. Let them complain. As far as I'm concerned, this was the better ending. This needed to happen. Okay, I would rather have Bray Wyatt not become champion. I'm sorry. I would rather have The Fiend not become champion than become champion. Because his time was not there yet. And like I said, shouldn't happen. He needs to be champion along, you know, somewhere down the road. Right now, it's not a good time. We need to put his character and we need to build him up. And we need to make him into such a ferocious monster that the fans are going to put him over all the way. They're putting him over now. But down the road, he will get put over completely. And then the WWE will say, fuck it. Let's make him become champion. Let it happen. We'll see how this goes. Okay, guys. All right. I'm going to get ready to watch Hell in a Cell. And I'm going to go ahead and watch it again. I'm going to have myself some... Get myself a Pepsi. Get myself some pizza. Well, actually, I actually I still have some of my barbecue pork chops left over with some potato salad. And some uh, cheddar cheese and rice and broccoli and that, that, that's kind of a good combination and everything else like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna eat that while I'm watching Hell in the Cell and everything else like that. So before I go ahead and go, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this podcast. <coughs> this was um, I wasn't expecting to do this podcast for a second time, but I had to do it just because I wanted to get my input and give everyone an idea about what I thought about Hell in the Cell. But nonetheless, if you guys want to check out Hell in the Cell again, I know some people will go, why the fuck would I waste my time watching that? Trust me. Some of you will watch it again just for the viewing pleasure, and others will probably say, fuck you, I want the WWE Network to fix my problem. Oh, and speaking of that, I need to uh, inform the WWE Network, if you listen to this podcast, you're fucking up, WWE. This has been this has been a very upsetting struggle for a lot of people that have been watching Hell in a Cell, that were trying to watch Clash of Champions, that were trying to watch every single event on the WWE Network. Here's the thing. You guys really need to fix your problems, okay? 
You really need to. The WWE Network needs to fix the problems, okay? Get it fixed. Because you're going to get a lot of people that are going to unsubscribe to the WWE Network. And they're going to go someplace called, oh, I don't know, All Elite Wrestling. So they can at least fix their fucking problems. Do yourself a favor, WWE Network. Fix your shit, alright? Hashtag fix your shit, dude. Come on. Give me a fucking break. All right. Um, as uh, as always, um, go ahead and follow the main event on uh, Facebook, on my actual Facebook page at facebook.com slash at main event player. You can also find me on my main event talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at main at real main event talk. Also, you can follow me on Twitter as well at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram as well at Instagram.com slash at main event player. Uh, I'm still trying to work on this whole thing with my YouTube page because uh, I'm having trouble trying to log in. And, you know, most of the problems have to deal with the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get all of my old stuff and all of my old main event talks from years ago. And, you know, I'm trying to transfer them to another um, <coughs> to another account, but I, I can't seem to do that because of the fact that, you know, you know how you have to change, you know, go through these codes and you have this old number that appears, but then you're going through with this new phone number and everything and you can't change it. Well, that's the issue I've been having uh, for the past couple of weeks. So once again, guys, follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, and also subscribe to this podcast and uh, listen to everything that I talk about. And I don't, I don't only you know, not only just talk about professional wrestling, also talk about a lot of things that go on here in the local scene here in Corpus Christi, Texas, in the whole nine yards. Big shout out to all my friends that are listening to the podcast. And also, once again, to Aaron, to Jonathan, to all the Green Bay Packer fans, congratulations on your supposed win over the Dallas Cowboys. But remember, folks, it all comes down to this. Yes, the Green Bay Packers are a great team. The Green Bay Packers are outstanding. But until I see them in the Super Bowl, I'm not that fucking interested. But trust me, we'll probably be there before you. And if we don't make it, hey, we'll come a close second before you guys can even come a close third, okay? Let's get that straight. (laughs) Okay, guys, I'm out of here once again. Thank you for listening to the Main Event Talk podcast. And like I said before, subscribe to the Main Event Talk podcast on Spotify. Uh, Also, you can subscribe on, uh, I believe, Apple Watch as well and uh, a few other podcasts to uh, listen to. Uh, You can also, uh, let's see, uh, oh, and the Anchor app as well. If you guys have um, checked out the Anchor app, uh, look over there, look for the Main Event Talk podcast and listen to all the latest episodes of the Main Event Talk podcast, everything from what's been happening on the Monday Night War, the Wednesday Night Wars, to this podcast, to today's podcast right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash at Main Event Player. Also, follow me on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash at Real Main Event Talk. Also, follow me on Twitter and follow me on Instagram and everywhere else in that particular nature. And, you know, follow me in every way possible when it comes to professional wrestling, when it comes to... uh 
the local scene here in Corpus Christi and to my good friends over at Richard's Billiards. Follow them as well at facebook.com slash at Rich Rich's Billiards. Check it out when you can. So, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get myself ready to eat. I'm out of here. Thank you for listening to this podcast, and I will see you next time on the next episode of the Main Event Talk podcast. And don't forget to check out the WWE Network and also complain to the WWE Network as well about the uh, problems that they've been having and everything else like that. So, guys, thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the next episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. The Green Bay Packers, you're one, but we will get you next time. And to all the wrestling fans that complained about tonight's Hell in the Cell, hey, you can bitch and whine and moan and complain, but you're still a wrestling fan. So get yourself over.